Hey everybody, I'm Greg. Dave. Welcome to episode six. Man, we've got a really big show for you today. A really big show. Um, I'm trying to cram a lot of information in because of Tuesday being election days. So, first, I want to say so glad you're here, listening to your listening to us on your preferred podcast, watching us on Rumble. We really appreciate your support. Please don't forget to subscribe to both the podcast and on Rumble, and remember it's free. All right, jumping straight away into this. Headlines only. 14 ways marijuana harms users. The Daily Signal by Ben Johnson from October. Uh, I know it's headlines only, but I just want to hit a few of these first because this this is really good. I didn't even know some of this stuff. And like I said, I'm just going to hit a few sentences. An August Gallup poll found that 53% of Americans believe marijuana has mostly positive effects. A ponderous body of science shows that marijuana harms its users in the following ways. Psychosis, schizophrenia, and severe mental illness. Uh, So it says 14 ways. That was number one. Of course, it goes into great detail. Number two, depression and suicidal thoughts. Number three, high anxiety. Number four, cannabis uses cannabis use disorder or addiction. So that is defined as an addiction so serious, users cannot quit using the drug even though it is causing them problems in their lives. The problem holds true for the use of medicinal marijuana as well because we've always heard oh medicinal marijuana it's good it's good it's good number five memory loss poor executive decision making skills and verbal learning number six lower iq youth who use marijuana on a regular basis lose an average eight points in their iq and it never comes back even when they stop the use of marijuana now this one is really puzzling because man i knew this dude that was a it was a yuppie and he was smart made good grades but he was stoned all day every day maybe he's an idiot now drilling in a wheelchair but i don't know number seven severe vomiting number eight fetal development issues number nine increased risk of heart attacks number 10 bronchitis emphysema and lung damage number 11 more er visits and hospitalizations Number 12, shorter life expectancy. Number 13, lower income, worse relationships, and more prone to suffer physical abuse. Number 14, participation in human trafficking and slavery. I guess that's number 15. Oh, no, that's it. So then it says marijuana use also harms non-users. I guess that's like secondhand smoke. And then the article, kind of it's kind of weird. It goes on to say, what should a Christian think about marijuana use i'll just read this one paragraph here because it's kind of interesting it quotes scripture and stuff whether medicinal in quotations or recreational marijuana use renders it impossible for the user to engage the full power of his or her god-given intellect it impedes the higher functions of wise decision making it harms the body which scripture tells us is the temple of the holy spirit and shortens the number of years disciples have to serve Christ so yeah I'll cram this in the show notes but it goes into much greater t- detail that was seven pages that I did uh, so yeah 
I know it's wasn't supposed to get into it, but I couldn't help myself on that one. Yeah, some of that stuff I've hearing for the first time. The next one is the man who shot an elderly pro-life woman will go to trial. From the Daily Signal, Margaret Olihan. That's uh, that 84-year-old lady. Yeah, that's that old lady. Um, yeah, so I, I won't go into that, but that, that's... that's, well, that's a, a start. <laughs> yeah, thank God that there's some kind of wheel of justice out there. Um, next one, NIH investigating Boston University's COVID-19 study with 80% mortality in mice. So you read about that, right? You know what they tried to do there at Boston University? What? <laughs> they were trying to find a deadlier strain of the COVID virus. Yeah. And, oh. and they achieved, I think they said they achieved one that was uh, what, 80 to 90% more lethal than the strains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, next one. Vax. Vax. Vaccine poses higher risk of myocarditis death for all age groups. Study. Oh, my gosh. No, I need to jump in on that one here. Okay. I watched an interview this week with a doctor. Well, he's not a doctor. His name is uh, Oluni, and he's a funeral director um, in London uh, that they've tried to take out admitting him into the hospital but long story short what he was saying is when he does a body for embalming they open the body up right and he has to they'll if the organs are removed from the coroner they put them in a bag so they have to seal all of those valves and stuff shut with the embalming fluid then they'll inject embalming fluid in the carotid artery while stopping up those arteries They've found... Blood clots? They're not blood clots. That's what they call them. But it's like a spongy substance that doesn't break down. Like with a blood clot, if you take it, it'll just crumble in your hand, right? Not with this. And it grows into the shape of the arteries in the body and totally clogs it up. I saw an image on one of these news... I don't think I have it in the, in the notes today, but... Uh-huh. It was it was vials or jars yeah. like a foot long, but yep. they were saying that it was some kind of a uh, whatever it is. It, it it's what causes the blood clots, like foot long blood clots. Yeah. So and those and it looked like earthworms. And those are the things that are shutting the valves, yeah. shutting the arteries completely. That That's why creepy as hell. It's heart attack, myocarditis, <clears throat> and um, one of the things that he said is that's why you're seeing the spectrum from young healthy say that has never happened in the history of his profession he's been doing it for over 20 years seeing 40 year old 30 year old people dying of this condition is unprecedented uh he also said that it's affecting people at different rates he said if you take 10 babies born on the same day they'll all grow at different rates and that's the effect that this thing is having. Some people have <coughs> wider um, valves, so it takes longer mm-hmm. to fill it up. He said it, it's absolutely biblical. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it is creepy. I mean, we probably just don't even... It's probably like the, the iceberg. 
that did the yeah. Titanic. We're just looking at the very itty bitty surface of this. Yeah. It's probably, like you said, biblically creepy or. U.S. has only 25 days of diesel supply. Shortage could cripple economy. <clears throat> um, yeah, I know I said headlines only, but I gotta read this one sentence from you guys. <laughs> the United this is this is actually back in October 23, so I don't know where we're at now. The United States is down to 25 days of diesel supply as a top White House official declared the stockpile levels to be unacceptably low. So if you're doing logistics, do you not keep an eye on things? And do you wait until there's 25 days and say, you know, I, th I think I'll say something. That's, 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 that line right there just blew me away. Um, of course, it goes on to say where it says all options are on the table, but we know that's not true because there's no drill option on the table. Uh, <clears throat> military office, officers injured after taking COVID-19 vax call for end to Pentagon's, vac, to Pentagon's vaccine mandate. I mean, we know how that's going for the military guys, and it's unjust. Let's see. Biden tells voters to choose Democrats because Republicans will crash economy <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> You know, uh, I, <laughs> I'm surprised he got that out. That sends out because, I mean, they're the ones that, that crashed the economy on purpose. I like, was thinking about this. Wow. This outfit called the Biden administration. This outfit. Uh, <clears throat> just this morning. And I'm convinced that they cannot help themselves. And, you know, and it's like the Bible that talks about the prophets of Ahab that were telling lies to Ahab, right? And uh, it got to a point where God just handed them over to a lying spirit and they were physically incapable of speaking the truth. Nothing that, and I mean, it's the only part that I'm aware of in the Bible that mentions a spirit of lying. Quote, wow. was put on these prophets. And... I'm listening to this guy <laughs> this week and absolutely nothing he says is true. Mm -mm. Not from him, not from his press secretary. <laughs> I mean, that, that's affirmative action for you, right? But, I mean, these people are demonstrably incapable of being Demonstrably, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, here's a dive in. Trump was right on TikTok, says top Democrat senator. I mean, how bad does that have to be for a Democrat senator to say Trump was right? Whoa. So this one line here. One of the Democrat Party's leading figures, Senator Mark Warner, Democrat of Virginia, who is head of the United States Senate Intelligence Committee, has said former President Donald Trump was right when it came to the security risks around the Chinese-owned TikTok. And I know that you and I have talked about this, and I know people have laughed at me. Oh, it's not Chinese owned. Uh, if your country uses Huawei, 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 yeah. If your kids are on TikTok, if your population uses WeChat as a social media platform, the ability for China to have undue influence is 
I think, a much greater challenge and a much more immediate threat than any kind of actual armed conflict. And just to paint a flavor, right, we had an international student that stayed with us <coughs> some years ago from China, and uh, she used WeChat. WeChat is the only approved, CCP approved messenger communication app across the whole of China. Everything is connected to WeChat. And uh. when I say everything, emails, texts, um, phone calls, everything is connected to WeChat. Well, my son was first deployed over in Germany in operation support of Ukraine. Uh -huh. That's what that's what they said to use to communicate with them. WeChat. WeChat. Yeah. How stupid is that? It is incredibly invasive and, and, and controlled. Uh, just this week or last week, I was reading an article where uh, uh, an employee at TikTok, um, several employees actually, was saying that, yes, it is true that the employees over here do have access yeah, to Yeah, I remember hearing American. about that too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god of course you don't hear that on the news no you? you really don't <laughs> you really don't inconvenient facts about electric cars should have been inconvenient truth <laughs> uh, John Stossel let's see November 1st electric car sales are up 66% this year uh, Biden promotes them saying things like the great American road trip is going to be fully electrified and there's no turning back to make sure we have no choice in the matter, some left-leaning states have moved to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars altogether. California Govern Governor Gruesome Newsom issued an executive order banning them by 2035. Oregon, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and New York copied California. Washington State's politicians said they'd make it happen even faster by 2030. 30 countries also say they'll phase out gas-powered cars. But this is just dumb. It will not happen. It's magical thinking. In my new video, I point out some inconvenient facts about electric cars. Simple truths that politicians and green activists just don't seem to understand. Electric cars are amazing, says, Mark, says physicist Mark Mills of the Manhattan Institute. But they won't change the future in any significant way as far as oil use or carbon dioxide emissions. Inconvenient fact number one, selling more electric cars won't reduce oil use very much. The world has 15, 18 million electric vehicles now, says Mills. If we somehow get to 500 million, that would reduce world oil consumption about 10%. Wow. That's nothing. But it does not end the use of oil. Or he says that's not nothing, but it doesn't end the use of oil. Most of the world's oil is used by things like airplanes, buses, big trucks, and mining equipment that gets the copper to build the electric cars. Even if all vehicles somehow did switch to electricity, there's another problem. Electricity isn't very green. I laugh talking to friends who are all excited about their electric car, assuming it doesn't pollute. They go silent when I ask, where does your car's electricity come from? <laughs> they don't know. They haven't even thought about it. 
And inconvenient fact number two, although driving an electric car puts little additional carbon into the air, producing the electricity to charge its battery adds plenty. Most of America's electricity is produced by burning natural gas and coal. Just 12% comes from wind or solar power. Auto companies don't advertise that. Electric vehicles in general are better and more sustainable for the environment, quote-unquote, says Ford's Linda Zhang in a BBC interview. She's a Ford engineer, I say to Mills. She's not ignorant. She's not stupid, he replies. But ignorance speaks to what you know. You have to, you have to mine somewhere on Earth 500,000 pounds of minerals and rock to make one, one. battery. Yep. One. 500,000 pounds. American regulations making mining difficult. So most of it is done elsewhere. Polluting those countries. Some mining is done by children. Some is done in places that use slave labor. Even if those horrors didn't exist, mining itself adds lots of carbon to the air. Not only that. Have you ever seen what it looks like when they've done mining for the minerals to make those batteries? It looks like a nuke went off. Yeah, it's pretty destructive. Yeah. If you're worried about carbon dioxide, says Mills, the electric vehicle has emitted 10 to 20 tons of carbon dioxide from the mining, manufacturing, and shipping before it even gets to your driveway. Did you hear that on the news? No, I don't think so. Volkswagen published an honest study in which they point out that the first 60,000 miles or so you're driving an electric vehicle, that electric vehicle will have emitted more carbon dioxide than if you just drove a conventional vehicle. That goes back to what I was just saying. They're so dishonest, man. And every point is sickening. You would have to drive an electric car 100,000 miles to reduce emissions by just 20 or 30%. Which is not nothing, but it's not zero. How many batteries you'd have to run through to get to 100,000 miles? That's the question that I yeah. have. <laughs> and, and stopping to charge up is not like... It takes a couple hours to charge if you're the first in line. I mean, I'm, I just why does nobody think this through? Anyway. If you live in New Zealand, where there's lots of hydro and geothermal power, electric cars pollute less. But in America, your, quote, zero emission vehicle, close quote, adds lots of greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. Politicians and electric car sellers don't mention that. Most probably don't even know. In a future column, three more inconvenient facts about electric cars. All right, well, there you go. About electric, just a little brief snippet. I mean, there's tons of more bad things about electric cars, but that's just a brief one. Military telegraphs. Or oh, that's military. <laughs> Hillary telegraphs her next move. All right. Everybody knows what telegraph means, right? You know, when I first learned what it meant, the martial arts, the sparring, yeah. somebody telegraphs. All right, this <laughs> one's called uh, Skipping Hillary's Latest vast conspiracy theory by the daily signal from tim graham graham on november 2nd 
One of the dominant themes in current liberal messaging is that democracy is, quote-unquote, endangered by waves of, quote, misinformation and conspiracy theories. But aren't liberals occasionally guilty of uncorking wild conspiracy theories that don't turn out to be true? An obvious sore point is the liberal notion that Donald Trump colluded with the Russian government to steal the 2016 election. A conspiracy theory so strong that the media obsessed over it for three for years, until special counsel Robert Mueller concluded that it didn't really exist. On October 21, a leftist group called Indivisible put on a video with Hillary Clinton claiming right-wing extremists are plotting a coup in 2024. <laughs> this is her. I, I guess if you deny it before the election actually happens, it's okay. So here's the thing. That's why I say telegraphing because remember what we've always said, like Saul Alinsky, they always tell you, they blame you of what they're going to yes, do or right. are doing. So that's what I'm saying. She's telegraphing what she's going to do, which is, and now we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections and they are incredibly important, Clinton said. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election, and they're not making a secret of it. So remember, this is the Democrat Party telling you what they're going to do. It came with a website, crushthecoup.org. There, in all capital letters, they warn MAGA has a plan to steal the election in 2024. We have to stop them today. The conspiracy is that our radical Supreme Court will decide that state legislatures can overturn election results. Here's how you can tell this video with 3 million views on Twitter is embarrassing to the liberal media who bray daily about election deniers and stop the steal wackos. Clinton, Clinton's echo was not helpful to the narrative, so it was overwhelmingly skipped. How is this, note, how is this not newsworthy considering Clinton was the 2016 Democrat nominee for president and insisted when she lost that Trump was an illegitimate president? Searching through Nexus, you find ABC ignored it, as did NBC and PBS and NPR and even MSNBC. Then turn to print journalists. The AP ignored it. The New York Times, the Washington Post, and USA Today couldn't locate this clip. On Sunday, nine days later, CBS faced the nation or as Mark Levin says, deface the nation. Most Margaret Brennan mentioned it. Host Margaret Brennan mentioned it when Rep. Sean Patrick Maloney, Democrat New York, insisted they would abide by the 2022 election results. I'm glad you said that, Brennan responded, because there's been a lot of attention drawn to comments by some Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, who just released a taped statement online she was talking about upcoming elections and she said right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election and they're not making a secret of it. Brennan asked, I understand hyperbole, but would you agree that that's not helpful in the current environment to talk about plots to steal elections? Maloney professed, I don't understand what that means and I didn't see the comment. Also on Sunday, Senator Rick Scott, Republican Florida, brought it up in passing on CNN's State of the Union. We have got Hillary Clinton saying the 2024 elections could be stolen. We've got Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams saying 
she didn't lose. On Halloween, journalists on CNN's Inside Politics finally addressed it, only to dismiss it. CNN host John King played the brief clip of Scott, but not any film of Clinton, and proclaimed, But if you want to say that those things are wrong, let's say they are misdemeanors down here compared to saying the January 6th defendants are being persecuted, which they are because they're political prisoners. CNN reporter Manu Raju agreed, saying, If you're going to criticize what Hillary Clinton said about 2024, perhaps make a point of the fact that Donald Trump has been making this the centerpiece of everything, which we've not heard him say anything to the sort. But that's their problem. Clinton sounds like Trump, so the media's, media can't honestly acknowledge that it exists. So anyway, all that to say that she's telling us that they're going to do their damnedest to rig the election upcoming. So, have you been called an election denier? Have you been called an election denier? I don't think so. This next article says, Who denies elections? This is uh, from the Epic Times by Victor David Hansen, October 21st. And I'm just going to run through this where he points out the actual election deniers. The 1800s, 1824, 1876, and 1960 elections were all understandably questioned. In some of these cases, a partisan house of representatives decided the winner. Al Gore in 2000 didn't accept the popular vote, popular vote results. In 2004, Senator Barbara Boxer, Democrat, California, and 31 Democrat House members voted not to certify the Ohio election results in their unhinged efforts to overturn the election. After 2016, crackpot Democratic orthodoxy insisted for years that Trump had colluded with Russia to steal certain victory from Clinton. Clinton herself claimed that Trump was not a legitimate president. Also, after 2016, left-wing third-party candidate and denialist Jill Stein vainly sued in courts to disqualify voting machine results in pre-selected states. A denialist host of Hollywood C, excuse me, a denialist host of Hollywood C-list actors in 2016 cut television commercials begging members of the Electoral College to violate their oaths and instead flip the election to Hillary Clinton. The Washington Post guiltily bragged about various groups formed to impeach Trump in the first days on the pretext that he was illegitimately, illegitimately elected. Rosa Brooks, Rosa Brooks, an Obama administration Pentagon lawyer Less than two weeks after Trump's inauguration, wrote a long denialist essay in foreign policy outlining strategy to remove the supposedly illegitimate president. Madonna, because we care about what she says, <laughs> infamously shouted to a mass crowd that she dreamed of blowing up the White House, presumably with Trump in it. Remember, these are... These people call you election deniers. Election denialist Stacey Abrams. We were all pretty familiar with her, even though she was defeated with over 50,000 votes. Still hasn't conceded to this day. <laughs> Time magazine's Molly Ball, in a triumphalist essay, 
bragged that in 2020, a combination of big tech money from Silicon Valley, fueled by Mark Zuckerberg's $419 million infusion, absorbed the balloting collection and counting of several key voting precincts weighed to help Biden. All right, so that's, there's more to that, but I'm just going to leave it at that. So election deniers, again, what do they do? They accuse you of what they are or what they practice or what their beliefs are. I looked into that a little bit. Every major significant election, and what I mean by that is anything that they wanted to win, whether it's a state uh, election, governor's election, or... Uh, other state level roles every loss that they've had every single one in the last 15 plus years they have decried mm. cheating <clears throat> illegitimate foul play mm -hmm. every single one you know, that took some time to look into really but yeah I'm telling no, every I totally believe single that. one they said <clears throat> that they cheated. <laughs> totally believe that. Alright, so now we're going to take a different direction here and talk to you about what's on the ballot. So what's on the ballot? The Second Amendment is on the ballot. And you're like, what? Let me read this article to you. This is from the Daily Signal. It's called, The Right to Arm Oneself Has Become More Important Than Ever. From Armstrong Williams. The Second Amendment addressing the right of American citizens to bear arms is a touchy subject these days, but its effect on our daily lives cannot be overstated. Being able to protect ourselves in a world that is becoming more dangerous by the day is essential to survival. The right to arm oneself, whether the weapon is concealed or not, has become more important than ever. Take a stroll through any big city and you're likely to see a replay of what I witnessed recently in New York City. This is back on October 8th. Rampant homelessness, burgeoning crime, and a proliferation of drug use. Feeling safe should be an inalienable right, but today that's no longer given in this country. Instead, our Democrat-run cities are in... No, he didn't say that. He said, our cities are in a dangerous downward spiral, but as we know, that Democrat-run cities are the most dangerous. They are increasingly filthy, and crime rates are skyrocketing. Make no mistake about it, America and its people are at risk. Cities that used to be barometers for the American experience are now bastions of hellish disarray. Go to San Francisco. And you will see precisely what I mean. Shoeless drug, shoeless drug addicts roam the streets like zombies in a trance, treating the streets like public toilets. Droves of homeless people shoot up heroin, not in trash-littered back alleys, but in plain sight on major roads. The gutters are filled with discarded syringes. And who runs California? What we need to rectify the situation is more policing and enforcement of the rule of law. Until then, we are going the wrong direction by focusing upon gun control. We need to be increasing funding to the police, not defunding them. 
and we need to ensure that law-abiding citizens are afforded their constitutionally guaranteed right to bear arms. Why is that so offensive to you? It's an essential way for women, for men and women to protect themselves. So I want to stop right there and I want to interject the Ukraine war and the Second Amendment. The Ukraine war is a powerful illustration of what the Second Amendment is for. This is an unintended consequence, <clears throat> I might add. If you had taken away all the weapons of the Ukrainians, they could not defend themselves. So what's ironic is the government that hates the Second Amendment is supplying Ukraine with all the weapons that we paid for ourselves, not with your tax dollars. So I want you to think about that, that what's wrong with us being able to defend ourselves? And the ultimate last line is the citizen being able to defend its him or herself from its oppressive own government. Or an invading force, which, which was the case in Ukraine, right? Which is the case in Ukraine. But the weapons that they're getting are from America, which they don't want their own citizens to have. So just kind of think about that. All right, the article goes on. People kill people. Guns do not. Now, what is so difficult about understanding that for lefties? And it's obvious that over-regulating gun ownership will have zero effect on the estimated 4 million guns that are already in private circulation. Gun control simply cannot stop violence in this country, which is being caused by a crime-ridden society that is out of control. So again, please explain to me how administering gun control laws affects the people who break laws. Seriously, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know what you have to say about passing laws that criminals ignore. Chicago has more <clears throat> gun violence and shooting death than any city in any state in the United States. Mm -hmm. They have considerably, or maybe just as strict as, if not stricter than New York, gun law. Uh, it, it does nothing to stop the violence. So I think it's a moot point. The One of the things, when you're trying to reason with dishonest people, I've come to realize that it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. There are things that people have to experience for themselves in order to have a change of their of their viewpoint. Uh, there was a serial rapist in New York. You heard about this? Mm. He's been raping women for months in New York. All right. Um, Cashless bail. The most recent one was a young lady in West Village. Went for a 5.30 um, morning run. Got attacked from behind. Choked till she was unconscious. The guy raped her took her credit card, ran off, had no idea who he was. He tried to use her credit card at Target, and that's how they caught him. 
when they caught him, they realized that he was responsible for a series of rapes in New York City, targeting, of course, women, vulnerable-looking women, or maybe not. I mean, just because, you know, there's that disparity of physicality between male and female, you know, some people refuse to acknowledge that, but mm-hmm. he targeted women, and they were all ripe targets because he knows that in this city they are not allowed to defend themselves they're sitting ducks Mm. which is why he got away for so long months i mean he's been raping since summer Mm. of this year and he got caught just last week he probably got let loose though quite possibly Imagine that you are a small businessman in a big city, riff with crime and short on cops. Imagine how you might react if an armed robber burst into your store, pulled a gun, and demanded cash. You could meekly hand over and put your fate in the hands of an armed criminal, hoping he doesn't just decide to orphan your children. Or you could up the odds in your favor by defending yourself with a legally purchased and properly registered firearm. In San Francisco, for, former District Attorney Chesa Bowden decided that the city would not be prosecuting thieves who stole, as long as their thievery fell beneath a certain price point. The initiative was announced publicly. The result of, the, of that ridiculousness, gangs of criminals breaking into stores. How much more do you need of examples of liberalism not being the way to live. I, I got one more for you. I, I think they try to outdo each other. January 1st, 2023. The Safety Act. You heard about this? The 2022? No. It's going to pass. Oh, it's going to pass. Statewide in Illinois. It goes into effect. Actually. Oh, it goes into effect. It's called the Safety Act. Ironically. And what this act will get rid of is cash bail system in its entirety. And some of the non-detainable offenses are second-degree murder, arson, drug-induced homicide, robbery, kidnapping, aggravated battery, burglary, intimidation, aggravated driving under the influence, fleeing and eluding drug offenses, and threatening a public official. Non-detainable offenses. They can't even remove a trespasser from your house Mm. if you call them. And all they can do is give them a ticket. But they have to be there for 48 hours before you can call law enforcement and they can respond. 48 hours? 48 hours. You suck it up, buttercup. That's what they say in the military. (laughs) Keep voting Democrat to get more of that. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Talk about throwing gasoline on a fire. We saw the videos of these shocking crime sprees posted online. In this era of lawlessness, the best life insurance policy is one tucked into a holster. Should we be forced to choose a thug's life over our own, we shouldn't have the means to make the right we should have the means to make the right decision. Gun control advocates like to point to the mayhem wrecked by mass shootings, especially in schools which are truly terrifying. But we know that the perpetrators of those horrors are often mentally ill. Uh, 
I'm opposed to overreach by the government to prevent law-abiding and rational Americans from securing the firearms of their choice. Why would you be opposed to that? I mean, and there are probably people out there that really don't have an answer. It's because they want to do something to you that they can't do if you're armed. <laughs> I mean, let's be real about this. The only choice in my mind, 45 or 9. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm going with 45. I'm with you, buddy. Gun violence deaths detailed by Gifford's Law Center hype the numbers but fail to look at the hard truth. Gun deaths are caused by people who misuse guns. And stricter gun legislation would do little to stop those individuals who are compelled to use guns to commit crimes. The sooner we recognize this truth and the sooner we recognize where our country is headed, the quicker we will come to the realization that we truly must protect ourselves at all costs. Responsible gun owners know how to, pro know how to properly secure their weapon away from children and often train with professionals and carry with care. Gun ownership by good people deters crime. Criminals may think twice about committing their attacks if they are forced to wonder if their victims are packing heat. Just like in Florida when that sheriff said, Yep. Shoot. You know what city in Georgia has the lowest... Kennesaw? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And that's in the country because in Kennesaw, if you are a homeowner, you are required by law to be a gun owner. <laughs> How do you like that? You have, you're forced to own a yep. gun. How would you like that? You want to buy a house in Kennesaw? You got to buy a gun. <laughs> you got to be a gun owner. Yeah, that'd yep. make you happy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, Gun ownership by good people, deeds crime. Criminals may think twice about committing their attacks if they are forced to wonder if their crime victims are packing heat. As the saying goes, if guns are outlawed, then only outlaws will have guns. What's more, stricter, guns stricter gun laws make it more difficult for people to protect their homes and families. A growing concern in the day and age where fewer and fewer people want to become police officers. In addition, consider the reality. Police simply cannot protect everyone all the time. Response times may be short, but the window for self-preservation often occurs in mere moments. Yep. A Pew Foundation report found that 79% of male gun owners and 80% of female gun owners said owning a gun made them feel safer. What's wrong with that? Another 64% of people living in a home in which someone else owns a gun also said they felt safer. Safety in a land without allowing people to exercise their Second Amendment, their Second Amendment right, will become even harder to find. But good people can make America safer with a permit in their pocket and a holstered gun on their hip. These people are talking about not arresting people for murder. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, someone can kill another person and they cannot be charged. They cannot be arrested and detained. No bail required. And these same people are telling you that you don't need a gun. So does that work in reverse? Of course not. So if someone <laughs> comes into your house and you shoot and kill them, you shouldn't be charged, right? 
Well, you know, these left leftist logic, <laughs> you know, you, you're asking a, a sensible question. It's like in California, if you shoot someone in your house, you have to time it just right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can't shoot them if they're turning away. You can't shoot them if they're right. I mean, you have to time it just right so that you don't get charged mm. if they're in your house trying to take your life. Ay, boy. Now, this article, okay, so what are we talking about? What's on the ballot? We talked about the Second Amendment being on the ballot. We read an article about why they, it's important for Americans to be able to have that op option. It's a choice. You want to be able to murder babies, but you don't want to be able to preserve life. That doesn't make any sense. So the next thing that's on the ballot is lies and information. Now, this is an article that talks a little bit about what you were saying about the funeral director earlier and what he found this is another funeral funeral director with similar findings from new zealand 90 percent of corpses had received covid vaccination within two weeks of death from a funeral director this is by epic health from enrico tregoso a funeral director from new zealand says that 95 percent of the corpses he has been seen had received covid 19 vaccine within two weeks of their passing away 95 this is a quote 95 percent of the people who have passed away through the work that i've done have been vaccinated within two weeks brenton faithful said faithful has been working as a funeral director for the last 41 years so he, he knows what he's talking about and has been running his own mortuary business for the last 26 years he recently spoke out about the apparent relationship between the covid 19 vaccines and the deaths he has been observing Quote, it's very obvious they die within two weeks of receiving the vaccination. A lot of them almost appear to have died from anaphylaxis, almost a reaction straight away to the booster, close quote. Anaphylaxis is an acute reaction of the body to an antigen such as that of a bee sting or an injection. Quote, they die the same day. The following day after receiving the COVID-19 vaccination, this isn't a one-off case. This is the majority of cases that have come through our facility, Faithful said to in an interview. Then it talks about your funeral director here in the UK. Similar data has been discussed by funeral director John O'Looney in That's the it. UK yep. and Richard Hirschman from Alabama, previously reported by the Epic Times. From the very moment these injections went into arms, the death rate soared beyond belief. They labeled them all as COVID deaths. But the reality is they were almost exclusively the people who were vaccinated, Olooney told the Epic Times. We now see record number of deaths in the vaccinated and in record number numbers of young people. They die from a mixture of sudden, very aggressive cancers or blood clots, which cause heart attack and stroke. Like I said, there's so much we don't know that we're going to be learning over years to come about how much we've been lied to and the probably the bloated numbers of COVID deaths. Dr. Sherry, Sherry Tenpenny, who has been informing the public on the dangers of vaccines for over two decades, weighed in on Faithful's, testi Faithful's testimony. Quote, on December 2nd, 2021, UK regulators granted emergency use authorization to Pfizer's COVID-19 shot within a week. 
MHRA, which is Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, Chief Executive Officer June Rain said in a statement that any person with a history of anaphylaxis to a vaccine, medicine, or food should not receive the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. She went on to say that allergic reactions had not been a feature of Pfizer's clinical trials. Dr. Tenpenny told the Epic Times. However, Tenpenny further noted that anaphylaxis was the first identified risk. Pfizer was forced to release their findings by a Texas federal judge in January 2022. Within that first tranche of documents, you will find Table 3, Safety Concerns, and Page 10 of this document, and there's a link for the PDF. The first identified risk is anaphylaxis. In a risk survey conducted between December 1, 2020 and February 28, 2021, a mere three months, 1,833 cases of anaphylaxis had been observed and four individuals died from anaphylaxis on the same, she said. The Epic Times reached out to Pfizer for comment. In certain cases, faithful his staff certain cases, Faithful and his staff tried to get the coroner involved. Faithful shared one ins instance where a man insisted that his father should not get the vaccine, but his sister pressured their father. When the father conceded and took the shot, he died four, years, four days later. When I started counting in August of last year, it was one after the other, after the other, after the other. And when I got to 20, it was 19 who had died within two weeks of getting the vaccine. Let me ask you a question. Have any politicians died since this vaccine came out that they all took? Any, Fauci hasn't. Any, Biden hasn't. Any CEOs? I mean, not even uh, Trump. I don't. All right. I don't know. I, I, I've wondered. I've wondered if if they aren't getting the vaccine, if they're getting some other kind of. I think they're just getting saline. Yeah. That that is my 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 suspicion, because I find it very hard to believe that these people who are knocking on a hundreds door are unfazed, no reactions, nothing, and you have people dying every day. I don't know, but I hope it's not true because my son's been vaccinated, man, mandated by the government, yeah, by and, the military. And that is the, the gut-wrenching thing. My mom's been vaccinated. That, oh, my goodness. It, it's scary, you know, and that is you know what we talked about last week, where when you've come to the end of yourself, you really have to put your trust oh, yeah. in, in the God of heaven. You have no choice because yeah. we, we are so powerless yep, we against are. so many of these things. It's not even funny. Dr. Sanjay Verma is a cardiologist practicing in California who has been seeing a dramatic increase in heart problems since the, since the rollout of the vaccines. Quote, previous work by Dr. Gundry demonstrated an increase in cardiac inflammatory, inflammatory markers after COVID-19 vaccination. Interestingly, from December 21 through June 2022, 100% of the patients needing urgent cardiac catheterization for a heart attack had been vaccinated. 100%. 
many of them with booster doses. More than half had been recently vaccinated within a few weeks. In a country where 60% of the population is vaccinated, this trend was worrisome, Verma told the Epic Times. There have been 31,470 deaths after COVID-19 vaccination reported in VAERS. Bears. Bears. The vast majority of them are clustered within seven days after vaccination. Additionally, there are some other worrisome trends. Data from the CDC indicate there were 60,000 deaths in September 2019 and in September 2020. However, in September 2021, that number surged to 90,000. We also have numerous social media posts on people, especially athletes, who died suddenly with no apparent cause, Vierma said. Vierma believes that any unexplained death within a few weeks or even months after vaccination should be investigated with a thorough autopsy, specifically evaluated for spike protein in the brain, major blood vessels, and heart. Now, those are happening. They are <coughs> investigating these deaths, at least on the medical level, but they can't say anything about it. Uh, Verma goes on to say in a quote, We know the spike protein is toxic to blood vessels, causing endothelial dysfunction. The spike protein is also toxic to heart muscle, causing myocardial injury. There are also case reports of autopsy-proven vaccine-mediated encephalitis, which is inflammation in the brain, myocarditis, and vasculitis, all of which can cause death, Virma added. Yeah, the, the, the stu- it's undeniable what's happening. The tragedy is that doctors coming out and speaking against it that are given a platform are so few and far between. And a lot of them are putting their whole lives professional lives at risk uh, their safety for coming out and, and trying to bring uh, and does that bother you this? if you're going to vote why is it that, that people why is it in America that you, you're afraid to be able to, to speak your mind I mean did you ever think that would the happen only country yeah in the history of the world that has acknowledged the God given right to say whatever you want the only country, no other country has a constitution like the U.S. And they're afraid. Uh, yeah. And then these people want to talk about abortion on the ballot. Yeah. That is the only thing that they can, they can point to as some defining, kind of victory. Yeah. And think about that. They, their claim of victory is the murdering of innocent, unborn children. Is that something to be proud of? I mean, forget your gas prices. Forget your food <clears throat> ability. Uh, your ability to get food. The availability of food. Uh, forget your small business. Forget being able to pay your utility bills. None of that matters. A right to choose, as they call it. Is the only thing that matters. Yeah, but it's what to choose. 
because you really don't have a right to choose not to get a vaccine, right? But only a right to choose the killing of an unborn baby. Other than that, there's no other right to choose. So we're talking about what's on the ballot. The Second Amendment we talked about. Uh, the next one is lies and misinformation. I just read you that article. This one I don't even want to read. I'm just going to give you the title. CDC pushed for COVID-19 boosters without clinical trials. Well, how does that grab you? Without clinical trials. As we wind this down, my question is simply, if you have a shred of honesty in you, can you say that your life is better today than it was two years ago? Two years ago, you could afford to pay your bills. Your businesses were allowed to stay open and thrive. You were allowed to earn a living to take care of your family. Government took a step back from your lives. The average American household, because of the tax codes that Trump changed, netted $5,000 extra a year. Every American family. And the highest um, minority income raise, or whatever you want to say, yep. you want to call it, never have been the minorities had such an abundance of cash flow or income increase yeah. than since what Trump S did. More small businesses, black-owned businesses, mm -hmm. were started and succeeded under Trump's administration than in the history of this country. How is your life better today? How? Mm -hmm. I mean, just tell me one thing that improved two years ago to today that would make you sit and look at these people and say, yeah, I'm going to put them back in office. I mean, that's an excellent point. Can you just, are, are you, well, I guess if you're so rich, then, then I guess, and you're not affected. If you're a politician, you're not affected. But for the rest of us that actually make America work, can you honestly, are you honestly happy with the way things are? Are you comfortable? The next thing I want to talk about is shortages. And just briefly, so the, the what's on the ballot, Second Amendment is on the ballot. Lies and misinformation, more of that is on the ballot. And shortages, what kind of shortages? Few, food, fuel, and freedom, to sum it up, the three Fs, all right? And I won't even go into this article, but it's just I'll just read you the title. Abbott Nutrition to invest $500 million in infant formula manufacturing as shortages continue. Remember the baby formula shortage? Do you think that's all the thing that's going to be shorted? And how did they handle that? What 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 do you remember that they did that was just so they fixed it? Nothing. Another thing that's on the ballot, crime. Crime is up and up and up. This article says violent crime is driving a red wave. This is Epic Times from Charles Lipson. Lipson, yeah. Two weeks before the 2022 midterms, fear of crime is second only to worries over inflation and recession. So those are the real issues. Right there, that one sentence. I didn't read anything about um, choice or abortion. 
because the Democrat Party has associated itself with the notion that social justice and racial equality require fundamentally changing policing and incarceration, the problem, they say, is police, not criminals. In practice, that means Democrats, especially progressives, favor weaker law enforcement, easier conditions for bail, even for those charged with violent offenses, like you were saying a little earlier, and less, less funding for police officers. That message was encapsulated in the slogans to defund the police and reimagine policing, which took hold in 2020 after George Floyd was killed by a Minneapolis cop. I'm just reading some clips from this article. Now Democrats are stuck with the consequences on the streets. And they are weighed down for two reasons. First, they hold power nationally and in almost every major city, so voters hold them responsible for bad outcomes. So with that, if you're trying to look for a way to blame Republicans for, for the way things are, think about a full-on control of government and every area of government is under Democrat leadership. The party's unwillingness to enforce basic laws and protect the public is exemplified by the porous southern border, a deliberate policy choice, a deliberate policy choice by the Biden administration. The result has been an unprecedented influx of illegal immigrants, some 2.4 million, and this is probably an old number, in the past fiscal year alone, plus a surge of death, deadly drugs, Mexican cartels have reaped billions in profits, five or six times as much as they made before Biden threw open the border. Second, defund the police was at its height. No, 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 zero Democrats were willing to push back on it. Did you hear any of them say, no, that's not a good idea? Voters link the rise in crime to Democrat policies, at least I hope you do, to their unwillingness to make public safety a high priority to their refusal to enforce the law. They know Republicans have long favored more support for law enforcement, more funding, and more policies like broken windows policing which seek to reduce crime by punishing minor offenses before the perpetrators succeed and move on to larger ones. They know Democrats have consistently opposed these policies and dismantled them in cities they govern. They can see the results for themselves. The Democrats control the cities where crime is rampant. Can that sink in for a moment? They see videos, the people, with victims' anguished families, of local stores being ransacked by organized gangs, none ever arrested. They see it firsthand when they walk into Walgreens and have to ask a clerk to unlock the plexiglass case to get a tube of toothpaste. The 10 Most Dangerous Cities Little Rock Okay, let me back up. In 2022, the FBI's Uniform Crime Reporting Program listed the 10 most dangerous cities. Little Rock, Memphis, Tacoma, Detroit, Pueblo, Cleveland, Springfield, Lansing, Kansas City, and Chattanooga. 
Detroit, Michigan get uh, two cities in that list? Democrats <laughs> govern all of them except Chattanooga with a mayor that does not list as a party affiliation. Hmm. So you can't say that it's a Republican. So how about that? All the dangerous cities around the country governed by Democrats. You've been under Democrat rule for the last two, three years. And how's it working out? Well, I guess we're running out of time, so let me just hit some of these. We're talking about what's on the ballot. The Second Amendment, more lies and misinformation. Shortages of food, fuel, and freedom. Crime, increase. Chaos. Um, this is about a disturbing movement picks up steam on the left. The D.C. Council advanced a bill to let anyone vote in local elections, regardless of citizenship and immigration status, as long as they live in the city for just 30 days. So you had talked a while back about why they don't care about the black community anymore. That's why the border's open, because they're letting the illegals come in, because they want to make them their new constituency. Yeah, they, they lost the black vote, so they want to replace that border block. So that's chaos. What's on the ballot? Chaos is on the ballot. Censorship is on the ballot. This one says, probe launched into Homeland Security's taxpayer-funded censorship campaign. An extensive censorship campaign originating with DHS's Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. CISA leverages partnerships with left-leaning private organizations who have received millions of dollars in federal money to identify and then take action against political speech unfavorable to the administration. Okay, so there's more information about that. And on that point, that department of truth that they tried to set up mm -hmm. that they weren't able to just think that if they're not beaten in this election that and so much more will be rubber stamped across this country mm -hmm. with no resistance that is a very scary thought uh, lastly so what's on the ballot Second Amendment is on the ballot. More lies and information. Shortages. Food. Fuel. Freedom. Crime is on the ballot. Chaos is on the ballot. Okay. We're talking about letting illegals vote. That's your chaos. Censorship is on the ballot. We've seen evidence of that attempt. It got shut down by us. But we don't know how long that will be able to be suppressed. And lastly, as you well know, stupid is on the ballot. And I'll just read this headline from the Epic Times. Biden demands oil companies should be drilling more than they're doing now. So, that needs no comment, man. Okay. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> That's stupid on the ballot. All right. Wow. He says no comment. No comment. So there you go, buddy. So, so wrapping that up, what's on your ballot? The Second Amendment is on the ballot. More lies and misinformation. Shortages of food, fuel, freedom, crime, uh, chaos, censorship, and stupid. More stupid. And so much more. I mean, here's one sentence. Joe Biden has opened our borders, closed our oil fields, cut the military, armed the Taliban. See, we, didn't, we even forgot about that. Sure did. 
ballooned the debt, drove up inflation, indoctrinated students, imprisoned pol political critics. They are in prison, January 6ers, political prisoners. Banned church services, and that's just a little bit. All right. That's what's on the ballot. So, well, we talked about this before. Where's God in all this? Well, he's always, he's right where he's always been. He's right there, open arms, ready to receive. You just got to do your part. One of the things that is consistent in Scripture is this theme or this recurring uh, scenario of nations getting the leaders they deserve. Hmm. All through the biblical record, Israel being the focal point. Every time Israel strayed away from God, he judged them with pagan rulership. He judged them with terrible kings. I mean, it, 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 it's clear. Egypt, Babylon, Syria, Greece, Rome, you can go on and on and on. Were all used as judgments against God's people that turned away from his ways and his laws. I think America is no different. I think nations, uh, other nations are no different. We have an opportunity here. And I, I, I believe that there has been an awakening of, of the minds of, of the citizenry in this country. I think people are seeing things that they never thought they would see in their lifetime they experience or in America yeah 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 uh, they're living things that they never thought would see the day in this country and it is a direct consequence of the people that have been elected into power and these people have been elected under the guise of progressive values and, and uh, this whole agenda of humanism and all of these things that go against uh, biblical instruction and this is the fruit of that and I think that America by and large has, has really been knocked into their senses and I hope that in that moment of clarity and a lucid mind that you can really think about what next Tuesday can usher in or put a stop to in this country. Uh, it's clear you don't need any <laughs> anyone to tell you what you're dealing with, what you're experiencing yourselves, your household. You're experiencing that for yourselves. And just give it a little thought and be honest. Was the past two years better for you in any way that you can say, ah, yes, I benefited from this? If you're a legal, tax-paying, <laughs> law-abiding citizen, that is. We haven't <laughs> even talked about CRT, pornographic material, and yeah. uh, children's education system. We haven't talked about transgender, at least not on this episode, but... I mean, all that stuff and so much more, debauchery, 
is what's to come yeah. if you continue to vote and support Democrats. Yeah. I mean, Greg, Greg and I, have, we discussed this quite a bit in the past few weeks. The fact that America is not mentioned in biblical prophecy uh, is a very hard reality for anyone that loves this country to, to come to terms with. But make no mistake, if these progressive, leftist, communist, Marxists are allowed to run this country unchecked, then it's, it's no mystery why America is not. They will destroy this country. There is no two ways about it. They will destroy this country. Just look at what they've done in two years. I mean, mm-hmm. just look. <laughs> and that's not to say, saying that America's not in Revelation does not mean for us to go, oh, well, I guess I won't do anything. Exactly. That's like saying, well, we all know we're going to die, so we should stop breathing now. All right. So, no, we keep fighting, we, we keep fight. fighting, we yep. keep fighting, we keep praying, we keep trying to convince and pushing until we can't do it anymore. Yeah, we, we, ha- we have <clears throat> to hold the line. There's no choice. Uh, There is a role for human agency in this fight. But ultimately, that agency needs to trust and rest in God's power. Yep. So, thanks so much for listening and watching, hopefully. Please subscribe. It's free. It's free. We really appreciate your prayers and support. Continue to, to spread the word, I guess. Reach out to us at the Greg and Dave Show at Outlook.com. That's the Greg N with the letter N, Dave Show at Outlook.com. Until next time, eyes up, chest out, stay safe. Peace.